0: It's a lovely evening here in Claremont today, and we're extremely excited to introduce y'all to our very first episode of Dear Woman, Men.
1: Our names are Bilge Tayyar and Justin Liviar, and we are excited to be hosting a series of lovely, and not so lovely, men on our show throughout these series. We're really just interested to understand feminism from the strict and heavy emphasis
0: on strict male
1: perspective.
0: So our job will really be to bring all of these males and from all walks of life and sit them down and ask them a series of questions that can hopefully allow us to understand how feminism is perceived around the globe. You know, Jocelyn, this wouldn't have been possible without funding from the Keck Center
1: for International and Strategic Affairs and a special shout out to Professor Terrell Jones. Now that we've got the nitty gritty out of the way, let's jump right into it. So I'll go ahead and start. I am Biget Ayar, and I'm 19. I'm an international student here at Claremont McKenna College and I'm coming from Turkey.
0: Yeah, so now for me to introduce myself, my name is Jocelyn Livier and I do go by Joss. So I'm 19 years old, I am a female, I do identify as a woman, I am a first generation Latina. Uh, I attend Claremont McKenna College and I am an international relations major here.
1: So I have, my first question is, what is a feminist?
0: Yeah, so feminism, I know like the, the textbook dictionary word is really like, you know, the equality of women and men. And, and by far that that's usually what I mean when I'm trying to explain it to someone and not third wave feminism, I'm just saying men equal to women. But for me, feminism is really the concept that yes, you know, women equaling men is the bare minimum but rather the idea that women can empower each other and can lift each other up and and it doesn't mean necessarily having to put our counterparts down to rise up but it really means more the idea that we together can empower ourselves to create something beautiful a movement that doesn't necessarily have to be known as degrading to let's say our male counterparts so that's what feminism is to me thank you for your
1: answer for me Feminism, of course, I believe in the textbook definition of like men equaling women in all aspects of life. But for me, feminism is a constant struggle of of erasing all the implicit biases that we have, and we sometimes don't even realize that we don't we have those biases against females. And sometimes we as females degrade each other, just like you said. So I think for me identifying as a feminist right now is to constantly fighting against the small things that makes me less of a person than a male counterpart and improving each other proving each other that i
0: am as as good as a male counterpart yeah yeah i really really like the response so i guess i want to know how did you come up with that definition
1: it all—it actually started when I was in ninth grade in high school. So I never—I never believed that I was a feminist. I was like, okay, feminists are actually like against. Um, men equaling men and men equaling females and i know that sexism actually harms men too like they are also suffering from it like n- men cannot show their emotions they have to be the supplier of like money for the household so it's a lot of pressure on them too right i thought feminism feminists didn't care about it so i had the this profess this teacher who taught me about what feminism was and she forced me to read a lot about feminism. And I think after reading that I had this awareness of okay like feminism is not what I thought it was. So I am gonna research more and in as research I realized like some of my behaviors were degrading as well. Like I would gossip about other females with my friends. I would say them oh she's not beautiful enough, she doesn't deserve that man. Which is actually sexist because we as females we don't need to deserve men. Like I cannot gossip and I realized like a lot of my behaviors were actually sexist like I didn't like whenever there was a job that needed to like construct something in the house I would like okay guys should do it and then I realized my approach towards the small situation was even sexist so I think first of all reading a lot about it and second of all becoming aware of my little behaviors um, made me come up with this
0: definition. What about you? How did you come up with your definition of feminism? You know, for me, it definitely came a bit later. It's still formulating itself. And and the crazy part is that I always struggled to find a balance because I grew up in a rather, I guess, socially conservative environment where, it, not necessarily strictly traditional, but rather with the natural assumptions that we never discuss topics of sexuality. Um, the concept of feminism was rather something like Radical liberal and extreme that we just never touch right and then I grew up in an all girls household So what I didn't realize was that my household was actually feminist in itself Like it, it very much was like our practices were very feminist You know small things that my mom would teach us about our sister and her, Like she'd always say like oh You don't need a man like don't, don't judge your worth by that small things, but yet we wouldn't label ourselves as a feminist and, and so it wasn't until I moved out when I was 18, I guess for college, that I started realizing, okay, like, what is this stigma against feminism? And why can't we, why can't I label myself as a feminist? Like, I am one. And it doesn't necessarily mean I'm writing the third wave feminism that's like radical and I want to degrade men. No, no, no. I just, I believe women can support women. You know what I'm saying? Similar to you. And so it's very, very difficult for me because... I am, I do notice myself sometimes falling into traditional aspects, such as like, you know, when you mentioned like, oh, if something is broken in the house, first thing I think of is like, oh, let me get one of my guy friends to do it for me, right? I still do that because, you know, I'm lazy, and if a man wants to offer to do it, well then okay, he can do it for me, you know? But I think then that makes me question, like, the small things like that make me think like, okay, it's not that I'm like playing the helpless female card, no, but it's, it's, a, it's a very, I think a lot of females find themselves a very fine balance between like, you know, saying it's okay to ask men for help but it doesn't necessarily mean I need, like they're my only option for help. You know what I'm saying? And I think, so So my definition really came when I came to college and I started, I guess, seeing just so many other girls. I I met conservative girls. I met girls who were like textbook you know, prescribed liberal. I met girls from different cultures. A lot of my friends are international, such as you. And so you know combining all of your culture ideas on how women are perceived how women should be dressed it's the small things whether a friend telling me like oh my god that outfit's too revealing and I'm like well like why you know or my mom saying that's too short and I'm saying but I've worn it before is it the context in which I'm wearing it small things that just got me thinking then I decided to become an IR major and just you know like globalism everything I guess just has sort of to this day added to my definition of feminism it's constantly changing yeah. but I would say that that's that's how i've shifted yeah
1: yeah thank you so much for providing the background about your um ideas and actually next question is tied to this idea so does the culture you grew up in have different expectations for boys and girls and how did that culture shape your perception of feminism
0: yeah i might have dabbled on this a little bit but very very much i grew up in a hispanic household i am a latina and a lot of that is i did grow up in you know so, so I'd say not as traditional as, let's say, like, uh, Hispanic or Mexican households that were, like, you know, raised in Mexico. There is a big cultural shift there, and I do see that in a lot of my relatives, let's say younger cousins that did grow up there. But I do think there is expectation that men are, let's say, the breadwinners of the household, and females are sort of there to serve, to be the housewife, to take care of the children, etc., which is very common in a lot of other cultures. But interestingly enough, growing up, my grandfather was very, very much... Uh, a patriarchal family so he very much dominated and with all my female cousins including my sister not my cousin of course but my sister they were sort of said like okay you know we'd go visit you guys are gonna serve the table you guys are gonna help your grandma cook all this stuff but me I was always invited to sit at the head of the table with my grandpa I was always allowed to talk about politics and current events so I think it was you know since I was young I kind of rejected the idea like I'm not gonna be a princess I wanted to be an as a scientist I wanted to be president and I think my grandpa really recognized that ambition and liked it so I was treated a bit different than other females, but I do think there is the expectation that, you know, men are the ones that become doctors, lawyers, etc. And when women can, can get a career, but at the end of the day, the moment you have children, it's like you take care of them. I think that's the expectation in a lot of Hispanic uh, cultures. Yeah, thank you. what about you? Yeah, actually, mine is really similar,
1: too. Like, I didn't grow up in the States, so I grew up in a Middle Eastern country, and both my parents are first generations, so their their parents were super conservative. Like, they come from low-income backgrounds. I also come from a low-income background, so it's like my parents my my dad is a feminist although he doesn't know what it is he doesn't identify as one but he always was like okay you're gonna go to school you're gonna be like you never depend on a man never depend on someone else just like be educated like be empowered and he always tried to empower me but still i remember when i was a child he would i had a lot of violence in the house just because of what i was wearing like he wouldn't let me um one one day, I was going to this Olympics because I was in the I was in the final rounds. He didn't let me go out of the house because I wanted to wear shorts. He was like, "You can't wear this, and if you're gonna wear it, you can't go out." And he really wanted me to participate. It wasn't about him not wanting to see me like see me succeed it was more about like what the other people are gonna think when you wear that clothes so i always had that restriction about like what i was wearing and like when i wanted to be friends with guys they were always like okay you cannot like that much i think my parents also improved their ideologies as i like went i i went to another city for high school and i went to one of the best high schools in turkey so like, I i that's when I learned a lot about like feminism, those ideas, and like liberal that that's when I started to identify as a liberal person, and I actually went back and thought them their ideas changed, but as I was growing up, my grandparents are so conservative like my both of my grandparents wore headscarves. they were like traditional everything middle eastern household uh my parents were not necessarily like that, but they always had this idea of like conserving myself um they were really conservative too and they definitely have different expectations for boys and girls and i remember uh when my mother was pregnant with my sister we went to my father's village and they asked like oh is that a boy or a girl and my father said oh i'm gonna have a second girl a second daughter um and the this old man in the village he goes oh i'm sorry for that like god gave you two half children i hope the third one will be a full children and my dad was so pissed he was like you can't say that about my children I was there like he literally looked at me and was like oh that's not like a full children that's health because that doesn't count because she's a girl and I'm like my dad was pissed so I know that he's a feminist my dad my mother didn't say anything because she knew like that was the culture and but she was pissed so looking back at that I see like definitely different expectations and I think this shaped my perception in the way that like i wasn't identifying as a feminist until i was like 15 or 16. that's when i started to like become more progressive and now i'm actually very aggressive in, in my fem- definition of feminism because I've seen how degrading they could be and I don't want to deal with that Like I'm more than it, I, I'm more than that I'm educated, I know, I respect other people's ideas and I deserve that respect so whenever someone doesn't respect me just because I'm a female, I get aggressive so I think this is a bad thing because I'm not always down to negotiate with people when they're like, oh I don't respect women and I just like can't deal with it because of what I've seen um,
0: but, yeah, that's my experience. Yeah, that's a very, very, I guess, similar yet different experience for me. But, you know, looking at all this, when you think, like, okay, we, we said we, we both identify as feminism, it's very different how I identify. But, Bilge, what would you say off the top of your head? Who are feminists? I guess, like, if you think pop culture media and your family, whatever, like, if you had to name some feminists, like, who would you name? I'm just curious to know how the feminists you name are different from the feminists I name. Oh, I definitely
1: go with Simone de Beauvoir. Mm-hmm. Uh I love her work. I love like second sex, how she defines everything. Um, I'd also go with Queen Elizabeth, uh, but not the one that like in England right now. The one that was like that that ruled all Europe in like fifteen hundreds, I guess. I'm not sure, but she was like the only female in the family she runs. She was like there are a lot of movies about her i love reading about that history um i'd go in pop culture i'd probably go but like a lot of singers actually because like they reveal themselves physically which is seen as something like degrading for women but they also go out there and like whenever like i remember one uh interview with rihanna they're like oh do you have a man in your family and she goes like do I need men, like why? Yeah. Like if it was a male singer, would you ask the same question? She's like, I, I think watching those like definitely shaped my perspective of feminism.
0: Um, and definitely like some writers, I guess. What about you? Yeah, that's interesting. So feminists that I think at the top of my mind, I definitely thought pop culture first, right? And so when I'm thinking about this, and one of them might be a hot take, so I'll save the hot take for the last one pop culture, I'm thinking, you know, Halsey, man, like, this, this, this woman, and and I guess what identifies them as, and I'm thinking, you know, I could just shoot a few out, JLo, Halsey, Jennifer Lawrence, and just looking at JLo and Halsey, what makes them a feminist for me, really, is their, their moms as well, their moms, they are not afraid to wear whatever the, you know, heck they want, they do, you know, and I'm not one to say I know their personal lives, or the balance of how they can, you know, foster their children, and have their career, but, you know, I guess they're extremely vocal. They're extremely successful in their career. They have so many accolades. They raise children. And to me, I mean, you know, that, that's empowering. Being a mom and having your career and not dropping it, that's amazing. So I think those, and then when we look at other individuals, I think, you know, Michelle Obama, I think she's an extremely powerful political folk. Again, you know, you know, there's the talk about like the, the, the first lady, you know, and she doesn't really do anything. She just kind of has a campaign. No, you know, she raised her children which is extremely difficult to raise your children when they're the president's children, right? And she, not only I think, you know, like other first ladies, she just led a campaign, but I, I think she, she really, you know, if you read Becoming, it's a really empowering book. Her journey, how she was a lawyer, I really, really admire her. And then the one that I wanted to say was a hot take, Are who I think are feminist figures in my eyes, even though they may not identify themselves, are the Kardashians. And that is an extremely, extremely hot take. A lot of people say, uh, they are not feminists, they do this and that, but, but here's what, I'm, what I get down to. People say like, oh, they, you know, they you know, put a lot of emphasis on their bodies and how they look, and I'm like, yes. But that's what makes them feel good, and they are not afraid to show that. And yes, there's a discussion of, oh, plastic surgery, and they encourage women to diet and all this, say. And really, they're not, I, I would argue they don't really encourage, they post, yes, they post but that's their life and if they feel beautiful with all of these exercises and all the then so be it go woman they look amazing i think and really you know they're making they're making an enterprise like you know this is a dynasty that they're building and i I really think the kardashians themselves are trailblazers for women. even if it's whether like you know subconsciously they don't really mean it i think the kardashians just like you know, they wear whatever the heck they want or they do whatever the heck, they date whoever they want to, and their lives are scrutinized in every single aspect. I think they're pretty empowering women. I definitely actually agree with that because I think the thing about revealing
1: yourself is always like females reveal themselves when they want to please men, and it's always like initiated by men. But in this scenario, they just want to do it themselves. And then they have their own enterprises for women. Like think of Kylie Jenner. She sells like female products and females empower her. And in return, she empowers other females. And she's out there revealing herself. But she says, there is no man that owns me. I own myself. And the family run by females, they are like so powerful. And I definitely agree with that.
0: Yeah, and I, I just want to add real quick onto to that video. Like, you know, there's a whole thing of like, oh, there's the argument that they hold so much power via social media that they should be careful about how they use it or that. And at that point, I think, though, then you cross the line where then you're regulating their life and you're telling them, hey, you should hide this part of your life and you should post this because little girls are watching you. Like Like, no, honey, do whatever you want and post yeah. whatever you want. And if people follow you, that is on them. You live your life, right? So I think in criticizing them, you're then kind of being counterintuitive or, you know, counteractive to the whole feminist thing. If that's what makes them feel good, then we are going to support them. If they want to use, you know, all of these gummies and supplements to make them feel... And they want to go on a diet and a regime and work out this... Okay, all power to you. I choose not to, you choose to. It's our own personal decision by, by you criticizing them and saying, hey, there's a whole crowd of young women that are watching you and it's really bad for them. You're then saying that their lifestyle is bad, that they're doing... Like, you know, it's... It doesn't really make sense in my head, and I just, I think the Kardashians are pretty damn powerful,
1: and, and they're amazing.
0: Yeah, they don't say this to women who like share cooking recipes, yeah. who share their families. You don't like, hear this about Martha Stewart.
1: Yeah, you know, like, they share it. They're they're becoming role models for females, showing that oh, you're gonna cook when you get older. Yeah, no, that's you, not a negative thing but if you're gonna reveal yourself when you get older that's a bad thing
0: yeah Martha Stewart, that she has an entire like household like how to do arts and crafts all this stuff yeah. so then you know that's like very much you know how to do all this it's ideal for like you know the typical suburban yeah. uh, female that wants to be a stay at home and that's fine if you want to do that yeah. but hey if I want to wear a tiny bikini and you know sends out buns out at the beach because Kim Kardashian posted this and I'm feeling myself then same power yeah. to it yeah. there's no criticism for one there's no and yeah. you know I just think power to both um, so I think, I think that crosses a good line in social media In yeah. regards to feminism yeah. Just as we were talking about it actually What do you think At what age do distinctions
1: between the genders start Like we were talking about like Being role models for younger people So
0: when does it start Yeah I think for me I, Okay I mean Do distinctions really I think there's like a gap I don't think it's like when it starts and then it just continues I think it starts when you're very young sort of in elementary school because even though you know there's all these studies and movements that say like we should teach children that like you know you're equal to your male and we should like encourage them to play in the playground all this stuff like let's be realistic in most public preschools or like the average um you know can pre-k any any traditional schooling in the US and I can only speak for the US there is no you know you know teachers are very underpaid most of them aren't going around checking every little kid and making sure that they say okay you can't she's equally as strong as you, she can run just like, there's. there really is not that like individual monitoring, you know, class ratios are, teacher to student ratios are huge. So I think it starts very, very young. But I think there's a period, in and I'd say like this is like really middle school, high school, when I think there's so many things added into the mix, and I'm only speaking for the US, like angst and, you know, like puberty and hormones and all that stuff, development, that just kind of leads students to focus on a lot of other things, and I'm talking like mental health. So it just, I think the stark difference between, you know, I guess, like, gender is really not as prominent in that stage because we're still figuring it out, but I think that returns back in college or, like, in the early 20s, young adulthood. Mm -hmm. So it's definitely, like, in the early development, then it sort of takes a break, and then it comes back, like, it reaffirms. And, I mean, from there, I think that has a lot to do with, like, people settling into careers and, Uh, figuring out their lives and whatnot. But, yeah. What about you? When do you think they start?
1: I think my experience in Turkey is definitely different from the experience in the States, right? So, I think it starts the moment that the families learn the baby's gender. Like, even the way they decorate the room. If that's a girl's room, the room is, like, full of, like, pink stuff, like, babies. And if that's a boy's room, it's, like, full of, like, a lot of, um... I'd say like um, talk, um cars and like a lot of like guns like male like what is labeled as male games like right so I remember actually this was a recent conversation there's this there's this person who is a really powerful educated man in Turkey and he has a two year old daughter and he was he was actually drunk when we were having this conversation he goes he's actually crying because he missed his daughter so much so he was like this happened in the states he was like everyone in turkey everyone when they're like showing affection to their children if that's a guy they say oh my lion my lion son lion representing power and strength in this scenario he was saying everyone says this to their sons and i think i should be able to say this to my daughter but when i do this my parents are judging me and this was a 45 year old man speaking about his experience with his own child so i think even the words that you use to a girl or to a boy are really different. And afterwards, like the 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 gifts that are given to like different genders of children are really different. Um and when you start school, like my sister was telling, my sister is ten and she's a very she likes to like be active. She never sits down, she speaks a lot, like she's a very active child, right? Um they, I always hear people say to her, like, oh, you're a girl, like, you can't be the actor, you just have to, like, be calm and sit down, like, be a good girl. She always... People always tell her to be a good girl, and I, I started noticing this, like, when she was three. So I think in Turkey, it just starts the moment you're born, and it just never goes away if you don't fight for it. And as a person who actively fought for it, I can say that, like, no matter how much effort you put into that, there's no way to, like, just
0: ended yeah, that's, an, that's a really interesting thing I mean the whole lion thing I didn't know um, that there was like a specific phrase to refer to children but you know you mentioned like this 44 year old man and he's saying he's afraid of his parents yeah why, why would you like why do you think there's such a stereotype of like you know feminists hate men why, do, like, why is there the assumption that if you if you like for even a split second support females you must hate the entire male population why do you think yeah. that exists honestly I don't think it's
1: about radical feminists I think this started when the first, when the feminist movement first started, like '80s, like '70s, whenever. So because that was an idea that was not coming in the society, right? If you're if you're defending something that is not found in the society, that is not your cultural norms, of course you're gonna be like ostracized. Oh, you're gonna be like, oh, like that's a different person. Like they have like different ideologies. That's what people say in Turkey, and I think that started back at that time. And right now, like it just didn't go away everyone thought like when the feminist movement first started just trying to like get women to vote i'm sure there were a lot of like people rejecting that oh how can women why are they voting why are they working you know even though this is just like a simple thing right now like we have the right to work we have the right to vote but we're demanding other things which we should have which is which is a normal need but they don't understand that it's a normal thing because like culturally this idea of feminism being a thing about like oh hating men and like degrading other people is just stayed and i think it passes down from generation to generation and adding on to that i of course accept that there are feminists who do extreme stuff like who just like do like degrade men, which I don't approve at all. And I think there there's also this group of females who identify as feminists and use males actually for their own purposes and like degrade males emotions. And I I define feminism as a movement who also cares about males. Like men can cry, men can be a stay at home husband. They might not wanna work. Like they might do whatever they wanna do. And I support that. And I think that's under the definition of feminism. But I think there are definitely females who identify as feminists and don't allow the strike to uh, males. And that creates the idea that enhances the existing idea of females hating men. What about you? What do you think about this?
0: I think, you know, if I, if I, my mind, I think very logically and very quantitatively. So I thought, okay, let's look at a bar graph. Let's think this. So if if we were to measure in terms of, let's assign some characteristics such as like power, ego, that are socially prescribed to us, right? We see men's bar graph would be like extremely high up in terms of what society gives us in like powerful, testosterone, rage, right, and angst. And we see females are relatively low, we're docile, we're passive, at least that's what society prescribes, right? So you see this large gap between these two graphs, right? And for me, feminism is not just rising the female graph to reach the males, it's a compromise it's rising the female graph and lowering the male until they reach and, and what does that really entail it means like you said men can cry men can be stay-at-home moms because they are equal to women just so just as women can stay at home and take care of kids so can the men make sense it doesn't necessarily mean women are just going to stay at home but then they're also going to have jobs like no, no 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 you know we bring them equal we bring one down, we bring one up until they're equal. And when I say down, I don't mean like degrade men. I mean like in terms of how much a male is born and you automatically assume he's going to be like macho, like traditional word, patriarchal family. Like no, you know, scrap that. So I think very few women, you know, prescribe themselves. Or I guess like women hate the the concept, traditional woman, I guess, the label because it seems very extreme or I guess you know feminism at the end of the day is really just the idea that men are equal to women and then from there take what you want add more add less to the definition but the raw definition is men are equal to women yeah and I don't see anything wrong with that really I think adding on to that idea i I'd, I actually agree that
1: feminism is something extreme because you're pro, like you're defending something that other people don't necessarily defend, and I think that's empowering and that's actually um, that's actually extreme so, but like we're approaching to the end of this interview, I have one question before for our listeners. And thank you so much for listening to us, first of all. But last thing, Joss, what would
0: be one thing that you would tell a woman? One thing I would tell a woman. All right, this is a good one. I made this small little quote, or I don't know, maybe it already exists. Who knows? I'm taking credit. Um, fuck the patriarchy, literally. that's it i like it tell woman that take it how you want it you know it's empowering i like it what about you i'd say
1: know your worth i've seen a lot of females who didn't go into the room owning the room owning their space and whenever you know your worth you're gonna be labeled as the bad bitch, you're gonna be the boss bitch, you're gonna be the person who doesn't give a shit about other people, you're gonna be bad, you're gonna be labeled, but don't care about it. Know your worth. If you know a lot about a specific topic professionally, personally, if you know that someone is wrong, just go and tell them to tell this to them. Because I know a lot of females are being suppressed by males and sometimes by other females too. If you know who you are, if you know your if you're confident, then there's nothing you cannot achieve so just own that room yeah
0: preach preach all right well that sort of wraps up and few that was a boatload of feminism for our first series but we really hope that this sort of sparks some thinking and we're so excited to start bringing some men some testosterone to the table and some conversation so we would love for you guys to stick around and wait for our second episode there thank you so much thank you so much